This is Damon Udicek, and this is the Ideal Money Life Podcast. This is my journey to build a business from zero to $1 million in 12 months. I'm going to experience a lot in the next 12 months. I'm super excited about the journey. I can't wait to share my failures, my successes, and everything in between. All right, let's do this. Good morning. This morning, I'm going to read you a quote from Thomas A. Edison. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. I read that yesterday um, on Facebook, uh, actually yesterday evening, um, while I was um, settling down for the day, and uh, (laughs) based on the things I had talked about yesterday, I felt like it was very um, well-placed for me to read that at that point in time. And this this notion of persistence is is super valuable. I I certainly have seen that persistence in my life has paid off. And so I wanted to share that today because anything worthwhile is worth working at. And there's, there's all sorts of ways you can look at this. Um, sometimes, you know, it just, it takes work. And I think that at times, the reason why worthwhile things are only available to those that work is because if it, if it was easy, it just wouldn't... There would be there would be very little value for the masses of people. I had a very <laughs> amazing con- conversation yesterday with um, a client of mine, and I was sharing with him the work I'd been doing over the last month. I talked with him about. The um, we talked about a lot of things, and one thing that I thought was really interesting was talking about leverage. Um, and this person owns a real estate company, and so what they what we were talking about was leverage. And one of the things that he said that was helped for him for him is he hired a consultant. And what the consultant was able to do for him was help him develop systems in his business so that he could move out of the items that were not the best, um, were not returning the most amount for him. So essentially what these systems did was enabled him to continually move 
into more and more valuable work. It allowed him to delegate work. It allowed him to be able to um, train his people, manage his people, coach his people, and it enabled him to have a very systematic way of, of providing services to his, his clients. He said that a lot, a big mistake that a lot of re young real estate agents make is they do not build their businesses in a way that can handle growth. Uh, and I believe the biggest reason they don't do this is because they lack, lack the knowledge or the awareness of what's needed. You know, so I'll break this down into a, you know, a, an example. When you build the foundation for a house, let's say it's a thousand square foot house that you want. Well, the foundation for a, a thousand square foot house will support a thousand square foot house. It, however, will not support a skyscraper. And so the, the challenge is at the beginning, sometimes you don't know better. So you don't know that you're going to have to have a customer care team. You know how to sell houses and that's what you've become good at. And when, here's the other thing is that when we become good at something, it becomes comfortable for us. And so it's not as hard. And in order to improve, we have to come face to face with our inadequacies, areas where we're just not as good. Uh, and it can be very humbling to go through that growth process um, because there's failure, rejection, all this other stuff that most of society deems as undesirable. That's the way, that's the way we're raised up. And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, I think there's a lot of things. One is when, you know, I think, and this was before social media was out there, but when we're looking at social media, a lot of everything is curated to show the great things that are going on in life. We're not seeing the struggles that people are going through. And a lot of people will not talk, you know, outside of social media, a lot of people will not talk about those struggles that they're going through uh, um, for whatever reason. Um, the the way we, we grow up in our educational system, a lot of it's geared around, you got to pass, you got to pass, you got to get straight A's. And so if everyone's kind of being geared that way, failure is, is frowned upon. Um, I remember growing up, there was a quote, um, there's a poster that, that uh, had pictures of Michael Jordan, the basketball player, on it and you know he was a huge success and with this quote he 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 had all, you know basically talked about all these failures 
you know, I've missed more shots than I've made. I've, you know, lost, you know, championships. I lost this. I, and, and then I think at the end it said something to the effect of, but I succeeded because I did the failures or something along those lines. And so failure is a necessary part of the progression process, the growth process. And as soon as we grab onto that and just say this is part of the process, it changes the dynamic. I will tell you that earlier this year when I came to better grips with it and accepted it, um, I I was I hated to fail. I hated to um, go through challenges. Um, they were very painful for me, and I hated to make bad decisions. And then I, as I was listening to someone talk to me, I, I realized that you know I'm just doing an experiment here, and I just want to experiment and experiment and fail, fail, fail. And by, 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 through, by, go through, by going through that process, I'm going to figure out what works. And what I thought was going to work in the very beginning usually is not the answer. And so the one thing I'm embarking on at this point is uh, a whole new marketing way, a whole new way of marketing my business. As I'm going down this new path, I just need to face it as an experiment or a puzzle. I never ever worked on a jigsaw puzzle where I built the jigsaw puzzle in the first, you know, first sitting. It always was. Well, how does this piece fit in here? How does that piece fit in there? And part of the fulfillment of doing a, a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle, is figuring it out in the process. And that gets back to, like, that. that is where um, a lot of creative people love the creative process because they're, they're creating something from nothing. And you have to be consigned to the fact that business can be, I think creating a business can be, or at least my experience, is one of the most creative acts out there. There's so many facets to a business and it requires continual growth and continual improvement in order to progress. And just when you think you have it figured out, there's a next rung in front of you. And so you also have the ability to continually grow. And the one thing that I've realized in the last six months is that in order for me to have my business grow, 
Damon has to grow first. There's an inside growth that precedes the outside growth. And I've done a tremendous amount of growth in the area of recognizing and building out this new business model. I've had to learn a bunch of new things. I've had to kill some sacred cows that I had. One of them in particular being that my networking in the past was the key to my growth and that it didn't make sense to um, advertise. Now that thinking has been flipped around because I realized when I spend a dollar on advertising and it gives me $10 in new revenue, that's that's a no-brainer situation. Can I get a thousand? Can I can I pump a thousand dollars in that and get even more? It's it's important to embrace failure in the creative process of growing a business. And look at us. Look and for me, what has helped change that mindset or the mentality is to focus on the experiment or the puzzle. And uh, it's changed it to me where it's a super fun journey. And I, because I'm willing to put my neck out there and, and do the work, it's built a huge amount of confidence in me that I'm doing the work to get the results. It may take a little bit longer to get the results that I want, but as long as I keep doing the work, there was the, and if I, as long as I, as long as I keep doing the work, I will get the results of doing the work. And if I don't get the results, it means I'm not doing the right work or the right work is not being done. So therefore, I've learned something. I've learned what didn't work. And so now it's time to move on to the next thing to figure out what will work. Now I can shortcut that process by looking at other people who have achieved the results I want and learning from them and modeling the work that they did. If it worked for someone else and I do the same thing that they did, I should get similar results. And that's where I'm going to stop for today, for this morning. All right. We, I am off and running. And uh, I am continuing to track my time. And I'm feeling really good about this. I will tell you, though, that to a certain extent, um, there had been some hesitancy around tracking my time. Uh, back in the days when I used to work for another uh, CPA firm, um, billable hours was like the suit, you know, it was like everything. And, and that's the way a lot of 
professional service firms work is on a time and materials basis. And so tracking time, if you haven't done it, um, if you've never tracked your time before, it can be quite tedious. Um, however, uh, I'm really interested in improving the way I'm using my time. And without measuring it, I'm not going to be able to know where I can make improvements. And when it comes down to it, my time is my most valuable asset. I can never get time back once it's it's gone. And so I'm being very deliberate about this. And the other thing is, is that the very act of measuring something leads to improvement because we get a feedback loop. If I'm just without, you know, tracking my time, I don't get that feedback loop. And so the, um, that would, that's, that's what I'm doing this morning. Um, I had a client that came in with her tax, uh, paperwork. And so first thing she said in, in when she got in is what's going on with the fire truck. I was like, what fire truck? Uh, you know more about that than I do. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she, um, I looked outside and it smelled like gasoline. And I looked over to, to the road to my left and the pavement was definitely a lot darker. So it looked like someone must have spilt a good amount of gasoline on the road. I don't know how it happened. It was just, I mean, probably a good 400 feet of um, dark pavement coming from the gas. And you could definitely smell the fumes coming off of it. And I think there was two fire trucks outside. So luckily, I think nothing um, serious happened with that. I didn't see any fire, which thank goodness. Um, and then it looked like they put down some kind of gasoline, like cat litter or something to absorb up the... Um, the, the, the gasoline. So fortunately nothing happened there. Had a good time talking with, um, the, the one lady who stopped by and that was that. And then I, I headed off to, uh, get my, take my car in for the service, 24 hour or the 24 month service or not 24 month, but, um, 24,000 mile service. And then when I was uh, getting that done, I also had them put together a quote for me on the damage that was done to my bumper. And I sent that information or called the guy who hit me and we'll get that, that item resolved as quickly as possible. So that'd be good to have my, my car back to normal. Um, and Fortunately, the only thing that was damaged was the bumper, um, but these things always cost more than um, I'm used to. So we've got uh, that in the works, and the one thing I had talked about yesterday was um, spending at least a half hour 
working on getting my um, my ClickFunnels sales page moving forward because I've got to launch it on uh, next Wednesday. Um, I'm not going to. I've I've already got two appointments with my um, coaches up at Profit First, and when I sent them the appointments, I said. Damon must launch his profit first funnel, his sales funnel. So I will not <laughs> call them and tell them that I didn't get the work done. That's that's not an option for me. And and I've you know one of them asked me, well you've been saying you've been a week away from being done for three weeks done. Is that really true? And I really do believe that. So um, I spent the time. Um, I, I, I've got some a couple videos that I'm going to record for that. Uh, and I had a couple uh, meetings this this afternoon uh, with two other clients. So that took about two hours there. And then after I got done with that. Um, I went and took a break. One of the things I'm finding is that I'm giving myself an allowance for taking periodic mental breaks from what I'm doing. And one of those things that I've been doing was to um, finish getting my printer room cleaned out. Uh, I had moved all my my stuff from, I was going to say all my junk, (laughs) Um, I, I'm, I basically cleaned out the storage room, which is now my studio room, and had put all the, um, so that room is all cleaned up. And then I, then after uh, one of my meetings today, I worked on getting um, the printer room cleaned up. So that got cleaned up. And I'm feeling good about that area. And then I've got one more area to clean up, which I'll be doing that as kind of a mental break again tomorrow uh, to um, just give myself uh, an energy shift. And then this afternoon, I set my clock or my timer for 30 minutes because I did commit yesterday to work 30 minutes on my sales funnel. And what I ended up doing was um, I've got a tripod and then I bought a little, I've got a little teleprompter that uh, uses an app on my iPhone to to do the teleprompter. And I set, uh, I attached the the teleprompter and and my webcam to the, my my tripod. And that ended up taking about a half hour to get that all situated out. Um, but now it's set up, and so now going forward, I, I can I just need to plug in the um, webcam into the computer and start recording. So I'm happy to, to have that done. Um, so moving prog- moving progress on that, and then I had uh, some work I needed to get done. I got some invoices done, so I'll have some some money coming in, which will be good, and. Uh, I, I am focusing on doing, uh, th- there's two ways of thinking of revenue generation uh, work in, in my line of work. 
there is the sales, which is going to bring the work in. And then there is the actual doing the work where I can build that. Um, so part of what I'm doing is focusing on uh, right now getting work that's what I call backlog work. It's work that just needs to get done. Um, and so that uh, I'm getting that done so I can get it invoiced and get the money in my bank. Uh, so it's just that that is a low hanging fruit right now is getting the um, getting the the work done and that's the quickest money for me to get into my bank. I, I had someone that called me today. They were looking at buying a car and so they wanted to get some guidance on that. Um, and this particular individual, they're they're high income earners and they also um, are very good with their money. You know, they've got a lot more. I think they have a year's worth of cash in reserves, which is pretty phenomenal. I, I know very few people that have that much cash. And, you know, so they were just asking questions about money. Um, and <laughs> I love being able to help people with questions about money. And, you know, we talked about a number of different things as far as, you know, they're looking at getting in the car and they could get it for 9% or not 9%, but 0.9% interest, which is less than 1% interest. And I was like, you know, that's, you know, when the interest rate's that low, you're almost borrowing the money for free. And so if you want to, if you want to pay the money, all the money out in cash now, that's fine. Um, the other thing I like to tell people when they're looking at buying uh, a vehicle is think about the monthly costs associated with the with the vehicle. And so most people, I think, do a pretty good job when when they're thinking about money. It makes it really simple to think, how much is this going to cost me a month? You know, and I think that's part of the reason why rent is on a monthly basis. Uh, that's why... Mortgages are on a monthly basis. That's why any kind of financing arrangement tends to be on a, on a on monthly basis. And so we've got all these things in place to um, that. I think that I personally think that's just the way most people think. And and so I've tried to retranslate the way I'm thinking about it when you're making purchasing decisions. How is this all going to come into play? All right. So with that said, um, I'm trying to think where I was going with that thought is um, the other thing I talked to him about is look, look, you guys are, are doing very well. You, it's start, it's time to start thinking about um, making sure you you have, you know, planning out your 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 money so that. When you get to where you're not earning as much money in the future, maybe you want to retire or whatever, you've got the money set aside for it because you're 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 spending a lot less than you're earning, so you're building up to these cash reserves and all that. So it's important to think about, you know, if you're going to have all this money, what do you want to do with the money? What's important to you with this money? And and um, it's like, yeah, we never think about that. Now, so I'll be t I'll be talking briefly with the financial advisor about it, um, and it's one of those things that um, 
I think it'll end up being very helpful for them to really think about where they're going with, you know, with their money and to, to build a plan to really build a war chest of cash and whatever other financial assets they're going to have. And the other thing they were talking about with, um, you know, and I get this question pretty frequently. So, well, should I buy, you know, and someone else told me I, you know, and, and I'm going to say this, this is, this should be, you should consult your own financial or tax advisor on this. But part of what I, I tell people in general is if you've got a business, you know, legitimate business expense, then um, with a legitimate business expense, you're going to get a tax deduction for it. And it's the, the amount of the value of that tax deduction is really going to be correlated with what whatever tax bracket you're in. Um, so if, let's say you're in the 30% tax bracket, if you spend a dollar, you're gonna basically save 30 cents on your tax bill. And so people for, I think because they're uneducated about how taxes work, they, they get all caught up and, oh, I'm gonna say, I'll buy this because I wanna save money on taxes. Um, when in reality, the way to think about something is buy something if it makes sense to buy it. You'll get a tax deduction about on it, but if it doesn't make sense for you to spend uh, the money, you, you never. You, I just think it's it's unwise to spend a dollar to save thirty cents. It's just it doesn't make sense. That does it for today's show. If you enjoyed the podcast, do two things for me, please. One, subscribe to the Ideal Money Life podcast. And two, tell one person about the show. This is a labor of love for me, and I want to get the message to as many people as possible. Thank you for listening. Ideal Money Life podcasts are for general information purposes only and do not create a CPA, tax advisor, investment, or other professional relationship. You should consult your professional advisors before you apply anything you've learned from this podcast. Remember the wise words of Benjamin Franklin. Your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Have a great day.